the robots basically are doing very menial tasks that you're forced to do inside of a restaurant, no matter who you are. And so they're able to do so for a very, very low rate. They're only like $3 an hour or so. And so in a tight labor market, they provide, like I said, that set of the extra set of hands so that the staff that are on site are actually spending much more time uh, on other value added tasks and, and or kind of spending much more time with guests, providing a lot more hospitality, a lot more engagement. Welcome back to the podcast, Rockstars. You know, I'm a huge believer in a couple things. One, I believe that in your restaurant, you simply cannot have too many hooks. You know, those unique things that capture the public or the guest's imagination, that get their camera phones out, taking pictures, posting online reviews, telling all their friends, hey, you got to check this out. It's really cool. Again, you can't have too many hooks. I'm also a big believer in staying ahead of the curve and innovating and keeping your eyes open, you know, and going out and about and seeing what the competition is doing or going to food shows and seeing new ideas. And that's literally where I came across this guest. I was at a food show a couple months back in San Antonio, Texas, and this object caught my eye. And what is it? It's a restaurant robot, a robot that literally serves food and, and, you know, delivers food and drinks to the table. And they even have models that bus tables where it goes by and nimbly navigates the restaurant. You can put empty glasses on it or plates, that sort of thing. So the fact is right now, during this crazy challenging times and the labor crisis, your staff are probably really burnt out and they've been picking up the slack for so long. So check this out. It's a hook and it also takes some of the pressure off the staff, allowing them to give your guests the personal touch. And that is really what hospitality is all about. So don't miss this episode. I'm speaking with Mr. Juan Igueros, and uh, he is the chief operating officer and co-founder of a robotics company called Bear Robotics, and their product is called Servi. So stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. In 2020, the number of people using food ordering and delivery services surged 30%. And as a restaurant owner, it's crucial to meet guests where they are. That's where Pop Menu comes in. Pop Menu gives restaurant owners the tools they need to transform their online presence, simplify ordering and delivery, and take control of marketing. Pop Menu will build your restaurant a website designed to engage guests, showcase your menu with featured photos and reviews, and ditch those boring PDFs. But Pop Menu is so much more than just an online menu. Each Pop Menu site is built with in-house delivery options to open more revenue streams and enable you to meet guests wherever they want to eat. And you can easily set up curbside pickup and contactless ordering, while Pop Menu's retargeting tools enable you to build long-lasting relationships with guests. Trust me, your restaurant needs Pop Menu to get to the next level. And for a limited time, my listeners will get $100 off their first month, plus an unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com forward slash rockstars. Go now to get $100 off your first month at popmenu.com forward slash rockstars. I have to tell you about Bear Robotics, a Silicon Valley startup that's revolutionizing the standard of superior restaurant service. So we all know the headaches that come with running a restaurant. Our servers are constantly dashing for drinks, bussing tables, running food, and running themselves ragged. 
Factor in the recent labor shortage and skeleton crew dynamics, and it's enough to drive any staff mad. Well, Bear Robotics is here to fix this with Servi, a restaurant robot that takes care of all those repetitive tasks, while allowing your staff to focus on the finer points of outstanding service and real human interactions. Yep, the personal touch. This all leads to happier customers, higher ratings, and greater employee retention. Listen, Rockstars, these robots are able to map and navigate your entire restaurant, even with multiple models in use. And they're also the only restaurant robots that are NSF certified for health compliance. Now, all those repetitive tasks like running food, bussing tables, and delivering drinks, Servi handles it, and you can lease one for as little as $3 per hour. Visit bearrobotics.ai forward slash restaurant rockstars to get started today. This changes everything. Rockstars, let me tell you about Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed for restaurateurs by restaurateurs. Effective labor management is more important than ever to maximize profit and success, especially now as restaurants begin to reopen and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trust, turning your team into a competitive advantage to your business. Right now, Restaurant Rockstar's listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started now at sevenshifts.com forward slash restaurant rockstars. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com forward slash restaurant rockstars to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Now on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. And unfortunately, restaurants are continuing to struggle with the labor shortage. And we at this podcast have been trying to provide solutions to just that. So my guest today, I'm super excited to introduce Mr. Juan Igueros, and he is the co-founder and chief operating officer of a company called Bear Robotics. And they have a very unique product. It's called Servi, and it is a restaurant robot with multiple models. So welcome to the show, Juan. How are you? Roger, thank you so much for, for having us. Really appreciate you uh, having us on the show. Well, that's fantastic. Now, the restaurant business, as you know, is one of a thousand details, and that was before the pandemic. And now operators, if they're still out there, if they're still standing, they're challenged with so many other issues. There's the labor shortage, of course, which is preeminent right now, but there's also rising costs and margins were slim to begin with. So it's really all about, okay, how do you survive? How do you maintain your profitability? How do you keep your existing staff happy? How do you please the guest when restaurants are you know, getting customers back in droves and there is this labor crisis going on? So I think this episode is very, very relevant right now. But as my audience knows, I always begin with the hospitality backstory of my guest, whether you started at a McDonald's or you, you know, cooked in the kitchen with your grandmother. <laughs> Let us know. Where did it begin for you, Juan? I love the fact that you actually asked me if I cooked in the kitchen with my grandmother, because believe it or not, when I look at my history in the food service business or hospitality business, it actually goes back to my grandmother. Um, believe it or not, it started for me probably going as far back as, you know, maybe four or five years old. We could probably remember things in from the time we were three, four or five years old, but uh, I was growing up in Guatemala and back then and I don't know if it was the same way for you, but um, as a kid, the minute you were able to walk, you basically were put to work. <laughs> and so my grandmother 
she made hundreds of tamales each week. And that was her business. That's how she actually basically made a living to help uh, feed all of us. And so my job back then as a kid was really part sous chef and part salesperson, believe it or not. <laughs> so I used to do a lot of things uh, as, a, you know, as a young child on the prep side of things. I have my cousins and I, and these are some of the fondest memories I have just in my entire life, actually. Uh, we do everything from dividing up the meat that would go into uh, her tamales, as well as, um, you know, carry all the wood to kind of put on uh, below the, the big, big, big pots of um, uh, that we would actually put the sauce in. And then we put the sauce on top before we'd actually would close up, uh, you know, with banana leaves, the tamales that would be made. And so, um, you know, those pots, I actually, I don't know if you can see it, but I have a nice little scar that will uh, stay with me forever because I got very close to one of those pots when I was, you know, I was very young and definitely still have that burn to burn mark to show for it. But um, I actually, you know, even going back to those days, I mean, on the weekends, I would actually get up at six in the morning and actually go and deliver. Uh, those were <laughs> way before the days of DoorDash. I was delivering these tamales to uh, all folks throughout the town of Chichicastenango in Guatemala, which is where uh, you know, I was, uh, I was born in Guatemala City, and then we lived there with my grandmother and Chichi um, uh, up until the time I was about eight and a half years old. So um, definitely long history. And then fast forward to high school, uh, certainly during summer breaks, did uh, quite a bit of work in the restaurant business, whether it was uh, I was a dishwasher for a few weeks, obviously during summer breaks at the main dining hall of a Coast Guard base. Uh, and then also I was a busboy. So got a chance to be a busboy, work really in the, in the back of the house and the grind and understand how taxing it is to be in these types of roles and did that for a few weeks at a restaurant in Petaluma, California, which is where I finished high school. So um, a little bit of a background from the, from the, really from the start for me. And so it's been uh, something that uh, I've had the pleasure of at least understanding from all sides. And now, you know, coming into it from the tech side, it's pretty interesting too. Wow, fond memories going back really young and <laughs> chief cook and tamale maker and then moving and, and then delivering as well. That's that's fantastic. So passion in this business runs deep, of course. And food is the universal language and universal culture around the world. And it's what brings people together. And it's really amazing that, you know, we may not have had any idea back then that we'd somehow be in the hospitality business, myself included, and then decades and decades later. Yeah. Wouldn't you know, we're in this uh, in this business that's all based on hospitality and passion. So thanks for sharing that story. So yeah. your company was founded in 2017, and I think that's a particularly fascinating story too, because that ultimately led to your current product line and, and Bear Robotics. So take us there. Yeah, the company was founded in 2017. I think um, what we actually tried to do, uh, one of uh, our other co-founders, uh, his name is John Ha. He's our CEO. And he actually, while he was at Google, uh, had decided to purchase a restaurant himself and had owned it really actually before the start of the company back around 2016 is when I think he purchased it. So remember, we actually came at this from the restaurant tourist perspective because we owned a restaurant ourselves. And what we saw is really by ingraining ourselves in owning a restaurant for by a couple of years, we understood really the, the hardships and the difficulties of owning just one restaurant. And this means really everything from the, the tasks that are, uh, folks from the, the back of the house and the front of the house have to do. And uh, we really tried to figure out what are some ways that we can actually impact this business in a meaningful, in a meaningful way so that the, 
day-to-day work of folks in this industry can be changed for the better. And that's how we came up with the product that we actually have now. And we started building it uh, in 2017, making some early prototypes. And out of that, um, I remember actually going back, I think it was about four years ago, I was at the Restaurant Finance Development Conference in Las Vegas, and I had the, the, the luck and a lot of things in and in, in things in business actually come from luck. And I had the pleasure of actually sitting next to um, uh, the found, one of the founders of Amici's Pizza. This was in Las Vegas. And I, I had the pleasure of speaking with he and his wife at a, it was like at a private dinner in Las Vegas uh, at this conference. And so he actually, beyond just getting, uh, testing this in our, inside of our own lab, we eventually had to venture out. And we eventually had to test uh, our early prototype in a real-time setting beyond just the real-time setting that we had. Mm-hmm. So uh, he and I spoke uh, at that at that dinner. And then he said to me, look, why don't you, when you get back to the Bay Area, come see us and uh, test it in my restaurants. And we were like, wow, this is terrific. Because Peter and um, his other co-founder, Mike, um, have just done, they're very, very well known in the Bay Area and actually have done a tremendous job of really um putting together a lot of unique um, places in or around the Bay Area and working with a lot of different folks, making a big impact in the community. So um, realistically, uh, from there, we actually were able to actually test and work with the folks at Amici's, getting feedback from not only the staff who actually have been with Peter and uh, and Mike, who are the, who's the other founder of Amici's for many, many years. So the staff gave us tremendous feedback. We had really customers of all types come through this restaurant. And that really helped shape kind of the prototype uh, that we had back then to build into the product that we have now. We did that for probably a good 18 months. Well, that's that's a really great backstory. And I love the fact that, you know, it's been tested in a real world setting, not just in the restaurant that, uh, you know, you and your partner were connected with, but now beyond that. Now, obviously, the challenges right now just continue. Just when you thought the pandemic was over, then obviously the labor crisis hits and now new variants and staffs in restaurants. Um, it's kind of a perfect storm. And I don't need to tell our audience this because again, restaurant business is back in force and yet we're struggling to staff our restaurants. We're having to cut back on hours, cut backs on days open, which is limiting revenues in restaurants at a time when costs are rising. I mean, it's just, you know, we're getting hit triple times before the pandemic. And so guests in restaurants are being underserved and staffs are overwhelmed and kind of shell-shocked at what they've been through if they're still working in those restaurants. So I think the timing is really great to have something that sort of takes the burden off them. But I also see the robot as being this really kind of incredible marketing hook that's unique and different, and it captivates the imagination of the public in addition to helping what we do best, increasing hospitality, because now your staff can spend more time with the guest, giving them that personal touch while the, you know, the guests can watch this really cool robot moving around. So tell us about the R&D process. What did it take to put this together? You had the background on what's important in a restaurant, but now you've got navigation issues, programming issues. How does it work in a real world setting? I mean, there's, there's so many avenues to that question, but please tell us, you know, how this whole thing got tested and now how proven it is and what the benefits are. Let's, let's talk about all of that because it's pretty fascinating. The R and D is actually very interesting. Uh, even from the start, going back to what we were talking about earlier, when we think about like, when I look back where I look back at like January one of 2018, we had a total of six people, our R and D 
was a total of, uh, of those six people, I think four people were our engineers. Our R&D muscle was literally four people. Now, fast forward, we're coming up on January 1 of 2022. Four years later, our muscle has grown by probably at least 25 times that. And so we've certainly put a lot more effort and muscle into the R&D that goes into making this product. We've had to. Um, and so Basically, R&D is actually, to make this product work, um, we split it up into a few different ways. When you think about our engineering side, um, we have uh, a mechanical, we have teams of mechanical engineers that are based, that is kind of split between Silicon Valley, which is where we're, we're headquartered, uh, as well as in South Korea. And so same with our software engineering. Um, we have teams here in California and in Korea. And then lastly, we have an excellent robotics team um, that's all based here in our Redwood City, California headquarters. And all of these teams combined, um, quite frankly, they're, they're really our secret sauce. I mean, they are the cream of the crop and they work their tails off to make this product um, really kind of what it's become today. Um, you know, they, they're kind of actually, most of them are actually led most of these teams are actually led by one, our, one of our other co-founders, uh, whose name is uh, Fang Wei Li, and he himself was a very talented and uh, very, very experienced uh, software engineer that, had, that we, we started this company with, with had come with us from Google. Um, so, so as you look at, like, when, you, when it comes to R&D and it's kind of how we've continually improved our robots, um, a lot, there's a lot of R&D work that goes around safety and uh, the mechanisms that detect everything from, you know, whether it's your foot to like a two centimeter uh, object on the ground. Um, there's a lot of R&D that work that we've had to do to be able to kind of remote access things to actually go in and properly debug or monitor uh, things uh, on the ground when they're actually in restaurants. And I've mentioned to you previously that it can be in restaurants and in the middle of Boise, Idaho, or obviously in, in Seoul, South Korea, they can be really anywhere. And that's actually been really, really important from us, from our perspective, to actually do a lot of R&D around, uh, you know, the R&D, there's a lot of R&D that needs to go into a user interface. Because remember, like our robots, we expect to have use be, to be used by folks, tens of thousands of folks throughout in many different countries. And so making that easily uh, understandable to use is really important. Um, our robots are on their feet for 12 hours a day. So we actually have to, uh, you know, optimize how uh, the battery life is and things like that. So um, as you mentioned, actually, the navigation is really important. It's moving around inside of a, inside of a kitchen, from a kitchen to the front of house. And so uh, we have to do a lot of R&D around how a robot approaches tables, um, how there's um, what where we, when we usually set points for it to go to a table, it's these are dynamic um, annotations where basically the robot needs to stop very accurately uh, where it's going to be, where you want it to go, basically. And it actually has to recover. There are recovery behaviors in our robot, believe it or not, so that uh, it can actually uh, work well. Um, and then um, one of the last things I think that's important to note is that uh, a lot of the software and the applications, um, you know, we actually have to, you know, when we go in and deploy, we have to create a map. And so we have to make it, we have to make it easy to go in and deploy quickly. And so we have to come out uh, to each restaurant and basically understand how we can do this faster. So we're actually able to get these robots out, you know, when we deploy pretty quickly now, we're able to actually get them up and running uh, the morning we arrive on site. 
So um, really, as I mentioned earlier, like creating a better user interface, there's a lot of people that are going to be using this. And so we need to make it very, very easily understandable for folks to um, really, really work with that. And so um, there's some other really cool things that we're doing on the R&D side. Um, you know, really, we want to be able to do multiple robots. So there's a lot of coordination um, in making sure that think of it as like a, like a traffic control so there's no deadlock because you will have uh, there are venues or the restaurants that are pretty big. And so you want to have sometimes many, many robots operating at once, some doing food running, some doing busing. Um, so there's, it's appropriate that we actually have that um, very, very locked in. But um, really, really interesting stuff. We even have things we have to do around sound and because uh, the, the, our robot does communicate uh, one-way communication uh, right now, obviously, to, uh, to guests and things like that. So a lot of work that actually has to go into everything um, from the top down uh, when it comes to R&D on the product. And it's been something that we've been evolving and working with as we kind of grow our staff um, and actually get to the point where we can actually have these hopefully in many, many different countries throughout the world. So several things come to mind. If I'm putting myself in a real-life restaurant setting, we've got multiple rooms that sometimes have these threshold plates where the floor isn't even and all that sort of thing. And and when I look at your product, I mean, I can't see the wheels under it, but obviously they've got to be able to transition. This has this can't be like herky-jerky movements. It's got to be smooth and controlled so that glasses and things don't tip off the trays. I mean, all this went into it, I'm sure. And then you've got the added sort of for lack of a better word, you've got people, obstacles moving around within the restaurant, guests going to the restroom, guests paying checks and leaving. And now this robot mm -hmm. has to sort of navigate all that. When it comes in contact with a live person, does it stop and let the person pass? Does it, you know, do people get out of its way? Like, how does that, how does that all work? Yeah, th th those are all really <laughs> good points. I mean, um, the, uh, there are certain things like velocity and acceleration that you have to think about mm -hmm. on floors of all kinds. And now, obviously, and even on ramps, because um, right. we do have ADA ramps in many, many venues. And so those are all things that actually come into play when it comes to the R&D work that we're even continually doing now. Um, from the standpoint of uh, the robot itself, um, there we do have to optimize how the 3D cameras will work in those tight um obstacle avoidance situations that you mentioned because uh it's really really important from a safety perspective that the robot does kind of stop pause try to gauge what the what the optimized best way is to get around you so it can get to its let's say basically to to your table in the quickest way possible so those are all things that actually come into play in terms of the work that uh our R&D teams actually have to do consistently um so that we can actually make sure that uh the robots are operating um, uh, nearly perfectly uh, each day. Uh, and fortunately, they can operate uh, that way each day for seven days a week and 365 days a year. So, All right, Juan, let's walk through the process. I'm a new client, a restaurant owner. I'm really intrigued with this product. I just pulled the trigger on it. I'm bringing in, say, two surveys into my operation. You said it's as quick as the same day they're up and running. Take us through the onboarding process of this robot. And then I'm really curious about, you know, um, how do you tell it where to go? Like when it's got to deliver food to this table and then does uh, some expediter on the line actually place the food on the tray before it then goes to the table? Like, let's talk about how it all works. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, the initial step when we take when we're, we're deploying is really um, one of our team members comes in to map the physical area of mm-hmm. the restaurant. And so, yep. um, you know, you set boundaries on where the robot will work in. Um, and then uh, we do have LIDAR on the robot itself that scans the area where you manually will drive the robot around. And then uh, we work directly with the staff on site to uh, set what we call annotation points. And those are just where the robot will be told where to go. And those are usually just table destinations. And so um, as you know, as, as we mentioned, there there are basically 3D cameras that uh, the robot has that allow it to kind of, kind of sense where <laughs> every object on its path that it needs to go to. And so mm-hmm. um, what the staff will do basically is once it's actually fully set to go, there's a touch screen on the back of the robot and really allows the staff to just kind of send it directly from one point to another. Uh, and it navigates. Fortunately, this is the beautiful part about it is that it navigates completely on its own. So once it's fully set up, it actually will sit at the expedited station. Food is completed. The ticket is actually uh, placed on on top of one of the trays uh, as well as the food. And then, um, you know, our robot basically goes directly to the destination where it's told. And so that's the easy kind of part of making this an efficient operation for for staff. And so it allows them to kind of really, really not have to go into the back of the house as many times as they normally would. Gives them a little bit more time to um, spend more time on the floor, uh, more time with guests. And that's been kind of the the, the upside and the win-win for them as well, because they're actually uh, not necessarily having to spend all those steps actually going back and forth. Now, I mentioned earlier, I really see this as a marketing hook, something unique, something different. And obviously, this is going to become adapted technology. And a lot of people, a lot of customers, restaurant owners and managers are going to take on surveys in their restaurants. But right now, I, I've not seen this in action in a restaurant. It's a, it's, a, it's a hook. It's a novelty. It's something really cool. I see this as a, a kid draw. I always had family-friendly fr- restaurants. And I knew if I had these on the floor, the kids would bring their families to the restaurant just because of the cool factor. So it's got all that going for it. And, you know, I know that there's three, uh, well, there are different models. You've got a mini that obviously is busing capability. You've got a mini for drinks, and then you've got the standard survey that has two level of trays, as well as, um, you know, the bus bucket below. I'd like to kind of show the audience if they can see this is, um, this is the survey restaurant. I think I'm looking at a mini and a, a regular survey right there. So it def- definitely comes in different configurations. What has the guest reaction been right now in, in the restaurants that it's in? And, you know, it's a social media thing, too, because I'm sure the camera phones come out and it's like suddenly it increases that restaurant's online presence and it goes viral and people just I can see this happening. Is that pretty much been the yeah, reaction? It's a very good point. We actually recently had a very viral uh, video uh, of one of our robots at a Denny's restaurant. Uh, surprisingly so. Um come up that was actually pretty cool to see um and it does uh it was great to see the reactions on both sides um so it did create a lot of really good conversation um the good thing about what is being said by customers so far is that i mentioned earlier that the robot is really on its feet for 12 hours a day so it's really a way for um, why employees from customers tell us that it's really becoming a good tool for them is because um, it, it provides that kind of additional helping hand for them. Um, it's really some, a lot of our customers are actually 
using this as a, as a tool to prevent burnout of existing staff. And uh, our robots kind of become somewhat like personal assistants to, uh, to employees. And so they're not taking away jobs. It's actually really merely helping the, um, the folks that are on site. So it's kind of that sweet spot where customers are telling us that the future of this industry is headed towards something where it's kind of this, like I mentioned, this extra set of hands where servers, uh, it gives servers an opportunity to spend much more time on the floor of uh, the front of the house and really kind of allowing them to engage more with customers, which is really sometimes what we talk a little bit about the human touch and the importance of that in service and hospitality and really allowing folks to actually have a little bit more of that is really, really critical and allows for more creativity, allows for more um, a different type of culture and how the restaurant uh, industry will turn to in the future. Um, but yeah, all those things that you mentioned, whether it's uh, helping with uh, engagement and a, a greater customer experience are all things that we've actually heard from our customers thus far. And so this is actually customers that we've had in Korea and Japan, and now actually customers that we've had now in a, in a very growing base here in the United States, where uh, we're up to about, I think, almost 30 states that we have deployments in, and uh, hopefully we'll have these in every single state um, at some point next year. And that, that'll be that'll be great to see really uh, these kind of put in uh, restaurants throughout the entire country. That's fascinating for sure. Can a guest at a table um, sort of, I don't know if flag down is the right idea, but let's just say their, their busser hasn't been seen in a while or the bus, busser didn't show up that day and I've got a table full of dishes and I just want it out of my way. Can I sort of put it on a survey as it goes by? Can I call it to the table in some way or how does that process work? The servers can call it to the table. That's what the servers do now where yep. uh, some servers are actually equipped with um either iPad minis and or um, and or other tablets uh, when they actually take your order. And so they can call it to a table when they're about to clear a table and actually clear the table and then uh, send it off to the dishwashing station. Um, now, consumers, uh, this is something that we'll be working with, um, uh, kind of a big partner that we'll be working with next year, uh, whether or not we'll have uh, some consumers do that as well. So. Those are going to be very, very interesting things that will come in the future, certainly, if uh, because we 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 do want to have more engagement, obviously, with um, consumers if they're actually looking for unique messaging and or unique things that they actually would like to have um, interaction with uh, with this particular uh, robot that we have and other other robots we'll probably put put together as well. So uh, those those are all things that will come in the future, and I think it will be a very interesting thing to see. Are these standard lithium batteries that last the 12 hours? And obviously at the end of the shift, you just charge this thing and it's not possible to overcharge it because if you come in, you know, the next day at eight or nine or 10 AM, it's been charging all night. It's not overcharged, but it shuts itself off and it's ready to go. Is that kind of how that works? That's correct. Yeah, we uh -huh. actually are. Um, that's exactly what the type of batteries that we have. And so um, we also, what we try to do is provide, um, visual and verbal cues to the users to let them know that, and these are the staff on site that uh, the, the batteries each are getting to a certain point so that it can actually be recharged. But uh, the, the good, the good, the positive thing here is that they're able to go for a full shift and 12 hours is usually quite good for a full day uh, at so. a restaurant. And so they're usually charged overnight. And one thing that we're trying to do now 
is eventually get it to the point where the robots will just charge themselves, meaning they'll go to their own docking station and wirelessly charge themselves, which is something we're hoping to do next year so that it doesn't even become an additional task that staff on site even have to do. They'll just do it on their own. And it'll be very uh, opportunistic for them to actually do that charging, or robots to do those charging uh, on their own and eventually um, just kind of operate, hopefully eventually 24 hours a day. It's amazing it can carry 66 pounds. I was really surprised to hear that. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, obviously the gearing has something to do with that, obviously. So it's got the power to move. And, you know, the battery is optimizing the amount of um, energy that the product uses and all that sort of stuff to be literally on the floor for 12 hours. That's that's pretty cool. I talked a little bit about <laughs> the funny things that you have to do when you actually start uh, uh, these prototypes. So we actually had in our own restaurant back when we started the company, we used to put cartons of beer or cases of beer on this as a way to actually really try to wow. test it and eventually break it. <laughs> Because anything and everything, you have to actually go through as many possibilities as possible to get uh, what what the true payload of uh, this robot can be. So that folks, when you actually, um, and you know, it's, it's to the point now where it can carry almost 70 pounds of food. And that's usually enough to, yeah. you know, it's usually enough to feed at least a family of four or five. So that's kind of the sweet spot where you need to get to uh, in this space in order to be able to kind of um allow it to carry and um transport uh, that type of uh that type of quantity um to each table so excellent those are funny stories when i think about it in the past. right so it's pretty when funny to back. see how it's all it's all it all comes together and it's yeah just, we always talk about there's a, some sometimes like a method to the madness but uh it, it actually has uh all those little things and all those little stories have, have helped us kind of get to where we are now so <laughs> Yeah. And you also mentioned the touchscreen technology and there's obviously a reliability factor. Do you ever have any tech support issues if the software goes down? I mean, does that ever happen? And how do you walk people through that? Yeah. Well, if we do have any um, tech support issues, most, um, I would say the large majority of time, we actually work to remotely, um, remotely fix those uh, and patch those directly. Uh Um, It's very, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not as common that we actually have to go out on site once we deploy, but um, we are able now, and that's what I referred to in the past, is a lot of R&D work had to kind of get there so that we could actually uh, remotely go in and actually detect what the, what, the, what the health of our motor is, the health of the robot in general is, and kind of uh, go in and actually patch that directly. And so that's been something that uh, has been a big help for us because... We are looking to actually, uh, that's really the only way you can actually scale something like this, a solution like this, is to be able to do that. So you can actually um, deploy these in various, various different locations. Um, even where you live, hopefully we can deploy these in Maine at some point. And, uh, and we can, um, we can if there's anything that actually needs to be resolved, we can do that uh, really from, from, um, from here in California. So convenience, safety, and value are probably the three things that guests and restaurants are looking for right now. So this clearly adds convenience, but you also have something called an NSF certification for the safety side. Do you want to explain what that means and you know how that's uh, confidence inspiring for you know a guest that's coming back after the pandemic into restaurants? Yeah, we had to do quite a bit of work on that. I mean, um, by owning a restaurant ourselves, we realized that NSF certification is a very, very important thing for a restaurateur to make a decision on uh, 
purchasing a product to actually bring into the restaurant because it does give that level of insurance that the product that you're using is safe and that it has passed all sanitation standards that you need to uh, in the restaurant space. And so NSF is really the, the leading standard for that. So we worked with the NSF for uh, nearly one year and actually to get this product to its uh, to, to the standard that uh, it would actually get that certification. And so now we can um, happily say that our product is NSF certified and it's probably the only robot in the entire uh, in the entire country that uh, works in restaurants that's going to be engaging with the front of the house and even going into the back of the house to bring your food out to you that uh, has that certification. So it's definitely certainly a feather in our cap and uh, something like I mentioned to you that uh, our R and D team, our engineering team, deserves a lot of a lot of credit and a lot of kudos for because it's something that uh, we certainly felt was absolutely important um, as folks kind of start using these to have that level of quality and certification that these pro- this product is going to be uh, safe from a sanitation perspective and a safety in the safety in the safety perspective as well. So from an employee standpoint, obviously, you know, the fun factor and the and the chemistry of staff is very important in restaurants, but obviously everybody is also about the money and people can make a lot of money, you know, in the front of house of a restaurant in terms of gratuities and that sort of thing. Now, you've also seen that this product has increased gratuities in certain restaurants. Can you speak to that? We have. We actually started deployments in South Florida in May. And so we've been able to get a lot of good data for now, I guess, almost seven months. And so um, the the tip income for the serving staff in, in South Florida actually has gone up almost 30%, which is great because wow. this, creates, this creates almost like a win-win ratio uh, scenario, wow. I guess, for... Um, this this technology that we're putting uh, in restaurants because the robots basically are doing very menial tasks that you're forced to do inside of a restaurant, no matter who you are. And so they're able to do so for a very, very low rate. They're only like $3 an hour or so. And so in a tight labor market, they provide, like I said, that set of the extra set of hands so that the staff that are on site are actually spending much more time uh, on other value-added tasks and, and or kind of spending much more time with guests, providing a lot more hospitality, a lot more engagement. And that has been an interesting turn of events that actually has helped really a lot of different stakeholders. When you think about the employees, when you think about the customers, and lastly, when you think about, you talked, to, you talked about this earlier in terms of the thin margins that operators work on, if their margins are improving, really have a win-win for employees, the customers, and lastly, the actual owner, which is the holy grail of what we're trying to get to. For sure. That's fantastic. You also have some pretty prestigious properties using this, like TGI Fridays and the Houston Rockets. Now, did they find you or did you have a sales team in place that, you know, that approached these people and got them on the floor? How did that work? Yeah, I mean, most recently we've we've had some really big wins with with Denny's. Uh, we had started working with Chili's uh, a couple uh, of years ago, actually, and now we've actually started expanding our work with Chili's in uh, about three states, and then we'll look to expand that um, collaboration with them uh, in a in a larger setting at some point next year, and hopefully expand to other states as well. 
And so, um, you know, a lot of the, 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 the work with um, the folks that you mentioned really came from our early collaboration. Google was our very first customer. And I, I don't know if people realize that in the Bay Area, Google is the largest yeah, restaurant. It, it, it used to be 50,000 people a day when everybody was in the office. Oh, but, right, right, right. Um, so the dining hall at Google in there, um, uh, we actually primarily are in their Sunnyvale campus, and then we'll we'll be at their Mountain View campus. But um, you know, the folks that actually run the uh, the the food service at Google on campus is a company by the name of the Compass Group, and so they have a very large um, they're a large conglomerate that does a lot of food service in different venues like universities or in the case of Houston Rockets, like sports arenas and things like that. So those are the folks that actually really help kind of guide us to some of those other opportunities as well. But remember like um, restaurants are where you and I go out to eat. There's also restaurants inside of sports arenas. There's also restaurants inside of senior living homes. And we're going to hopefully have these in really venues of all kinds. And we really, in the end are looking at how to, have these be that kind of extra set of hands for staff um, that are actually doing uh, a lot of the hard work that are hopefully going to that is hopefully going to be alleviated as a result of the use of these of this tool. Now, restaurants um, pre-pandemic, you know, there were there's quite a cross section of restaurants, really, really savvy operators, those in the middle, those that are sort of technology hesitant, you might say. And the pandemic has forced much of this industry to adopt new technologies to survive. Online ordering comes to mind as being absolutely huge when dining rooms were shut down and that sort of thing. And third party delivery has certainly gained tremendous um, prominence in this business too. So this is like the next logical thing for operators to be progressive and to thinking forward because we believe you know that in order to continue to prosper in this business you need to stay ahead of the curve you need to stay relevant you need to survival of the fittest right we've heard that long time Agreed. ago and this is something really unique and, and different and special and and it also serves a very you know obviously it serves a purpose and it up levels the service experience in restaurants from what from what we're hearing and seeing so and it also yeah. keeps the staff happy which is critically important because you don't want to lose your good staff because they're frazzled because they're burned out because they're multitasking this this alleviates a lot of that so that's tremendous yeah, i agree a lot of a lot of this new technology that's coming on to the restaurant space um and I remember you know, we're talking about the, the very large chains, even down to the small and medium-sized businesses. Those that are willing to adopt this technology that's coming uh, into into the forefront now are definitely going to get ahead. Um, and those that are probably not willing to do so now are probably going to get left behind a little bit, and they'll have to kind of put some catch up. And so we're hoping that folks are actually able to to see that now. And uh, willing to kind of um, transition into this new um, this new kind of future work and daily work for for their staff, so that the culture that they actually have uh, in their restaurants and the ability to retain folks, things like that, can become uh, an even more important um, part of uh, how they operate. Because it's important. It's a very I think we all we all feel um, that it's a very very important industry for this country, and we want to make sure that it. Uh, it continues to evolve and, uh, and continues to improve over time. You know, I have to go back to the hospitality piece, but along with hospitality and service comes salesmanship. 
And I am like hugely passionate about training, staff training, daily training, because you want to provide what I call amazing dining experiences. And pre-pandemic, I traveled the country quite a bit, speaking engagements, consulting, that sort of thing. And now that the pandemic is sort of tailoring off, I'm traveling again. And when I go out to eat in restaurants, I'm still really, really disappointed in a lot of, and it doesn't matter the price point of the restaurant. It could be a Denny's, it could be a five-star, you know, white tablecloth kind of place. And if staffs are trained at all, they might have the product knowledge, but they don't have the salesmanship piece. And I believe they're losing thousands of dollars each on a weekly or monthly basis because they're still just taking orders as opposed to making suggestions that increase sales. That's a critically foundational piece, but super important more now than ever. And we talked about this product sort of enhancing the service experience because it now allows the staff to communicate and interact with the guest on a you know on, on a more one-on-one basis. So I clearly see a really powerful connection here to up-level hospitality, provide amazing dining experience and increase sales in restaurants and still have this really cool thing running around on the floor doing like you said the menial tasks. So that's great. What what's on the horizon for you Juan and, and Bear Robotics? Are there new products being R&D? Is that anything you want to talk about or care to talk about? What's the next step? We are always uh, trying to think of new products, and we do have a few new products that will come on the horizon next year. Um, We'll be looking to um, somewhat uh, be able to actually deploy um, our robots, um, not just on one floor, but eventually on many floors. And so I have the opportunity to actually do that in many different venues. And um, we do want to eventually... uh, you know, by we do want to have the opportunity eventually to also um, uh, look into other things that in the workflow of a restaurant, there are things like um, there are other obstacles like doors and things like that. So the ability to open doors and kind of get uh, into different areas uh, in the back of the house so that we can actually improve on that. Um, there's uh, a few things that we're working on to be able to kind of, uh, we, we, we're not necessarily going to go outdoors because we're really, really focused on, um, on, on staying indoors, but um, we want to be able to kind of eventually help uh, that handoff to delivery drivers um, because uh, third-party delivery is becoming obviously mm-hmm. okay. so big now. It has, it has been obviously even beyond before the pandemic. So we want to eventually help um, uh, provide that, uh, those to-go orders in a, in a much more efficient way so that staff inside don't necessarily have to actually do the handoff to the delivery driver. So we'll be doing some additional work around that and helping uh, make that even more efficient. So a lot of cool things to come, we'll be announcing them um, uh, as we kind of get closer to the actual product being developed over the course of next year, but it should be an exciting time. And it's an exciting time for the space now in terms of the, the fast pace that it's operating in, the adoption to automation. And um, we're really hoping to be at the forefront of that and hoping to be a, uh, uh, the, one of the leading companies that will do that. So, well, We've certainly covered a lot of ground today, Juan. Is there anything we've missed that you'd like to tell the audience, either about Bear Robotics or the survey? Or if not, then do you have any best advice that you can offer operators that have made it through the pandemic so far and they're just still, you know, they got their, they're in it to win it. They've been beaten up bad and they see the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. They just got to dig deep and be resourceful. What would you say to them? Well, I mean, um, I would say to uh, I would say that the, uh, the automation and the uh, 
the automation and embracing automation is certainly something that will hopefully create a win-win scenario. And I think that's where we're looking to go with this. We want to really create a win-win scenario for, um, for a lot of the parties involved here. I mean, it's really most important that, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, employees benefit, um, your customers benefit. And in the end, um, that as, as you're seeing, hopefully some improved profit margins, then we are able to kind of, we as Bear Robotics are really providing the right solution for you. And I think uh, those, are the, those, are, those are the things that we're trying to get to so that we can really um, make an impact and really kind of uh, help shift how um, this industry will change over time. So we're looking forward to it. We, we have just, we just kind of, we're just kind of at the very, very, we're at the, the, the bottom of the first inning of this whole game. And so there's a lot, uh, there's a lot more, to, uh, there's a lot more game to play here. And I think uh, we're looking forward to what will come and, uh, and it's going to, it's going to be very, very exciting. Well, I think you're serving the industry in a very positive way, and I really appreciate you being a guest, Juan. I always put the website address URL in the show notes, but I'd like our audience, if they'd like more information, to go to bearrobotics.ai forward slash restaurant rockstars, and you can get more information on the survey. Thanks so much for being with us. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thanks to Juan and Bear Robotics, and we'll see everyone in the next episode. Stay well, everyone. Well, there you have it. A unique hook, a competitive advantage, call it what you will. When I ran restaurants, I was all about the unique, the different, whatever stood out, you know, that really made my restaurant talked about, that buzz out on the street. So thanks again to Wani Garros from Bear Robotics. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Pop Menu, Bear Robotics, Seven Shifts, and Cisco. Thanks so much. You know, there are so many different ways that you can market your restaurant. And a lot of restaurants out there, you know, they throw a lot of money at things that just aren't trackable. They don't have return on investment. And hooks are, are something that cost you very little, if anything. And again, it captures the public's imagination. So I have a whole section in the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. We have a whole marketing section on proven marketing ideas that cost very little or no money that have huge return on investment. And that's really what it's all about. But the Academy is also, you know, staff training and development to deliver true hospitality and teach your staff how to sell. It dials in your critical finances, puts an inventory system in place in your restaurant, teaches you how to calculate your true food, beverage, and labor costs, daily break, even all these things. We make it all simple. It's kind of a template and everything is, you know, as simple as it can be but effective. And that's the whole point. So check out our Restaurant Rockstars Academy. While you're doing that, don't miss the show notes for this episode, because if you go down halfway or so, you're going to find a little button that says, ask us anything. So we have a new feature and you can ask me any question about your operation, any challenges you're having, a pain point. You'll record a message to me and I'll listen to it. I'll record you back my answer, and you just might hear your question in a future episode of this podcast. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll see our audience again in the next episode. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.